Welcome to Culture Matters, a podcast exploring the intersection of faith and culture. Hey, y'all. It's Elizabeth, and I am joined today by my co-hosts, Adam, Tamarcus, and Chelsea. Hey, guys. How are y'all doing? Pretty good. Can I say something? No. I was listening to the recent Culture Matters episode, and I almost had to turn it off because of the amount of times I make guttural affirmation noises during the recording. I just want to apologize publicly to any listener who has to hear me go, mm, oh, mm, the whole time. And I promise you, in the future, I'm not going to do it. So just wanted to get that out there. Okay. We're you all are hearing this. Working on that. So yeah. if you hear him make those noises, feel hold free. him accountable. Hold him accountable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we believe about that. I'm going to just mm-hmm. elbow him. Good. <laughs> Please. And then you, oh. Yeah. <laughs> but it'll be for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just start the conversation with some stuff about the news. This is a culture wrap-up, and so we're just going to talk about some of the entertainment, movies, music, and news. And so let's start with some headlines um, that have popped out on y'all's timelines. Anything interesting that you have read about? I think one of the things that is seems to be all over the news lately is just the amount of legal troubles that are following Donald Trump. He was recently convicted are are um found guilty of uh sexually assaulting a woman um and that was a civil trial so not criminal and now he has criminal charges against him for keeping classified documents out of after being out of office and so there's just a ton of legal sort of challenges in his way and that's sort of there's these questions that people are starting to ask should he run again mm. on the other side there's been continued gaffes from Biden speaking wise. And I read a poll the other day that said, I think it said 70% of, and I, you can check me on this guys, but I'm, this is just from memory. I'm not on the internet right now, but like 70% of the country thinks he's too old to run again. And so you kind of have the two main contenders being people that no one really likes, or they seem to have really significant challenges Mm -hmm. in front of them. And so I think, you know, I'm preparing my heart for another very contentious political right. season. And then it's like, who are the who are the next possible options? Right. That's my big question. Right. Who it's, else we got? It's hard. I think part of it's hard because those are the people who seem to be, yeah. you know, getting all the headlines. Yeah. Yeah. And it feels like even as those new possibles pop up, we've like set a new precedent of mm-hmm. the presidency. Yeah. Uh, which I'm interested to see how does that um how does how do we see that shift mm-hmm. um I think we talked about in some episodes before of just like the regalness of the office that feels mm-hmm. like it just kind of ebbs and flows these days and like I I think that's the big thing that yeah to your point in looking at both of these kind of situations and it's like man like what uh if if not either of the two like what what is the next generation of leaders for our country that are coming like what is it how are they being shaped by the past few years of political Mm -hmm. um affairs we've had 
Yeah, it seems like the continued trend of the erosion of institutions in our country. I think about another headline was, um, I don't know if you guys seen it, but the Supreme Court's been under in a ton of scrutiny because they're finding all these uh, questionable trips and, and gifts mm. that mm-hmm. um, certain uh, people have taken and received. And honestly, historically, that they have. So uh, it seems like there's this there's a sense in which people are feeling like there's a two-tier justice system. If you're a conservative, you get in trouble all the time. And if you're a Democrat, you do the very same thing and no one cares. I don't know how true that is, but regardless, as it relates to the Supreme Court, as they look back through the records, they've taken gifts for a long time. The, you can take the headline for face value. What I take it as is it's another. There's another erosion of trust in another sh- institution, strong institution of our government. So I think the next generation is actually facing a really different time in history where trust in the institutions that govern the land and that provide services, mm-hmm. whether it's Healthcare, mm-hmm. education, government, mm-hmm. churches are at an all-time low across the board. Mm-hmm. And what does that mean for how a society functions together? I think it's a really uh, scary future. Um, but yeah, scary future in term for those institutions. Sorry, I want to be careful because I think um, what we're going to be left with is a is a church and a, a group of people called Christians who are going to be responsible for for. Um, forging a pathway forward so mm-hmm. yeah this this is kind of dipping forward into our uh entertainment but it also is like in the realm of political to to what you just described there was a, i've been watching uh the show on netflix called the diplomat and it's really really interesting one of the comments that was made so there's this for those of you unfamiliar with the show there's this dynamic between the husband and the wife the wife is kind of the like lead uh character in the show and her husband has had like political sway and has been his positions uh, for a while in their marriage. And then she now is like on the road to becoming the vice president. And so he's kind of her support in this mm. place. But there's a conversation they were having because they're kind of plotting for him to, uh, for her to become the, the vice president. And she's not like your typical fit in terms of she's not the like, I don't know, whatever they wanted her to be um, appearance wise or just like her swagger didn't didn't seem like it fit but she was really good at the job and her husband made the statement because they were saying like yeah like she's not you know she's she does she can't do this she can't do that and he's like no one who can interview well for the job should have it and Mm. it's like that's why she would be good at it and i thought that was an interesting like commentary to bring into like our like actual conversation is there's a there is a feeling that it's like if you if you run and conduct yourself and do the things the way we're kind of like discuss, like where is that like the regal and the trust and all that it's every, like we want that in the office, but it feels like the way things are, that kind of mode doesn't get you in it. Yeah, here's what y'all think. That's interesting. I mean, it's because there are certain character traits that make a person good for public office, mm-hmm. and we don't value those character traits in the public eye. Mm. Um, I think with folks, we want a show of strength. We want someone who's able to speak to our fears. Uh, Partly we want something that's entertaining. And I think that you see that in this open airways of social media and Mm. video and social media that likes and follows don't come from people who say really, I mean, sometimes they do people really wholesome, 
really substantive things. It's mm-hmm. like, no, what's going to grab you and spark whatever fear in you that I can hold on to and then run on that. And so mm-hmm. it is, we we have shifted to put our weight behind people, regardless of whatever side you sit on, mm-hmm. who meet this need for public display, but do not have the skill set behind the scenes. And we are impacted by their lack of skill set. It's just, yeah, it's just, it, it'll be interesting to see because I, sometimes I wonder when the pendulum swings, mm-hmm. sometimes you have people who say, oh, these things, like this character behind the scenes that we thought is not important, it really is important. And a younger generation is going to come back and say, we're going to be who we needed you all to be. Um, and we're going to try to reform the institutions that you all kind of let go to the wayside. So yeah. I think it's, it's what will happen, I don't know, but... To me, there's still a little bit of opportunity in there yeah. for people to say, oh, this is actually valuable, and we haven't paid attention to that in yeah. however long. What are y'all watching on TV, movies? What do you want to watch? What movies are coming out that y'all are thinking about? Mm, well, you know, a lot of what I've been watching was the NBA Finals, <laughs> and it's over. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm, I'm on the You're search. Grieving. Yeah. I'm, I'm grieving the lack of that. Uh, no, I, so The Diplomat, I watched that. In terms of movies, uh, I'm I'm a little behind on my list. Mm-hmm. I The last movie that I really wanted to watch that I watched was Air, and it was great. That was a great movie. Um, I really want to see, uh, I've heard really good things about the new Spider-Man movie. Okay. Uh, Into the Spider-Verse, as well as um, Guardians of the Galaxy, which I'm... Not a huge fan of the Guardians of the Galaxy, but I've enough people that I trust have told me that they think it's one of the best Marvel movies that was made. Wow. Really? And I was like, that's high praise. I thought it was you. good. It was praise. um it was an interesting close to the trilogy. Was it? Because I think that's kind of I don't think that's a spoiler. Um, no, it's not. But like it's like the final Guardians of the Galaxy. So the way they wrapped it up was interesting to me. Okay. Um, but there's still like so much the Marvel Universe. I'm like, I mean, there's other storylines that can continue. I don't know if I'd say it's the best Marvel movie ever, but I liked it. Controversy. You heard it first oh. on Hot Takes. Culture Matters. Ooh, it was we, more emotional. Really? I don't want to I don't want to say well, that's, why, but that's I'm what like, I heard. there was like some real deep heartstrings. Someone, they all die at the end. So if you haven't <laughs> wow, seen it, sorry, Adam, spoiler. Wow. They all, they're all dead. <laughs> And thank no, you for listening to Culture <laughs> no, Matters. None of that's true. I haven't seen it either. I actually really do want to see it. I was about to say, it. I was like, uh, come on. <laughs> just they don't all die. I'm totally kidding. Uh, but there, I haven't there seen was it. Some, I want to see it. There was like a really emotional storyline. I really don't want to spoil that. But there was an emotional storyline that really got me. Like I was... I was wiping tears and I was okay. like, I can't believe I'm from Guardians at from Guardians a Marvel film. I know. Well, and that's what I think intrigued people because you typically like. go to Guardians and you think, Comedy funny. is funny, yeah, yeah. lighthearted, yeah. and they were like, "This was like." No, there was like such, an emotional side, a mm. different wow. side of that. Yeah. yeah. What about yeah. you, Elizabeth? What do you want to see? Um, I don't know. Or what have you been watching? I've been watching. Um, I watched a documentary about one of our Supreme Court justices, Clarence Thomas. Clarence and Jenny. He's Thomas. a very fascinating dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is it on Netflix? Uh, PBS, I think. You watched that? Is yeah. it about recent controversies? It's or about is recent it... controversy, okay. but it talks about. What always fascinates me is the making of someone. You're right. Mm-hmm. Right. So Clarence Thomas is the way he is because of past experiences right. and the choices he's made and how he interacts. Yeah. And his choice to be a conservative and mm-hmm. the space and privileges he's been able to 
have in that place versus in a place that is like over occupied with other people of color. So it's it was very interesting to watch. Um, and then how it weaves in the story about his wife. The conversations around him are fascinating. Um, what's true is he's a Christian, he's a Catholic, and um, he's brilliant, uh, mm-hmm. but he's quiet. And um, because he's a conservative, he has been such an unfair target from both the left mm-hmm. and then and the mm-hmm. right from racists, right? Mm-hmm. And so he really is a singular figure. It's really interesting mm-hmm. to see how lonely his career has mm-hmm. been from the outside yeah. in some ways. Uh, liberals love to attack him, call him horrible, despicable mm-hmm. names, race traitor, all those kind of things. Republicans use him as, hey, look, mm-hmm. we like black people. Mm-hmm. And so uh, on both sides, he kind of occupies this very interesting mm. and sometimes sad place. And I don't think he always deserves the pushback he gets. So for, for, for instance, some people talk about how quiet he was. He barely asks questions. And, mm-hmm. and th- that was seen as p- a potential intellectual laziness in the beginning from his detractors um, during argument, during mm-hmm. oral argument. He doesn't mm-hmm. ask questions. But in reality, he's a super brilliant dude with a really robust judicial philosophy. Um, it's just, he's a fascinating character. I'd love to see that documentary. Yeah. I mean, it is. Yeah. I think they talk about things of why he was quiet. Like mm-hmm. there, there mm-hmm. are intentional choices that he's made. Some of them bring a lot of sympathy for what mm-hmm. he's had to carry. Others of them, I mean, everybody's a complicated figure, of course, because yeah. um, you have the whole Anita right Hill, situa- Hill yeah. situation. Um, so he's a very complicated person. I think his wife's story and history, which I didn't know much yeah, about, know. is also very complicated. She comes from a very politically involved family. Wow. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, just the two of them together create an interesting story, but. Since you mentioned, fascinating, uh, yeah, it is. It's mm. actually pretty, pretty interesting. It's worth a watch. Um, but I also have been watching Rain Wilson's "The Geography of Bliss." Oh, yeah, is that I've on Netflix? About that. It's on something. I- Peacock. Oh, okay, yeah, it's yeah, on Peacock. Yeah. It's probably on other um, streaming services. But he travels around the globe to different countries, like Bulgaria. He goes to Ghana. Mm. He goes to I think Scandinavia, and is like, "What makes you happy?" And in one oh, end, to watch it as a Christian, the the conclusions he comes to aren't that profound. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's another end to see him engage in different cultures. Like Bulgaria, I think he went because they're one of the most unhappy countries. Hmm. But then you hear their history and you're mm-hmm. like, we're not surprised. Wow. <laughs> because of the struggle that they've had. Mm-hmm. And so he comes to the end and obviously he pairs it with family and culture. And so they're not unhappy. There are people who's trying to navigate really difficult history that's been around for a really long time. And it was interesting to see him searching um, for this idea of flourishing and what we believe the gospel provides. Mm. And it's a, it's a fun watch. But you're, it's to watch it as a Christian, yeah. to yeah. me, as another layer of interesting. Does too. he talk about faith much? Because I heard, I was a huge Office fan, and yeah. I heard that his co- his co- stars talked a lot about how he loves to talk philosophy and religion yeah. so he has these conversations all the time and he's supposedly baha'i is that how you pronounce it oh yeah baha'i faith yeah i think that's it is. what he mm-hmm. is and so uh-huh. supposedly he talks about religion a lot so does he mention his faith at all or no i think he does okay. i think it is the one you mentioned yeah but he doesn't talk about it a whole whole lot sure so it's like he's coming to this with no like he questions He's just asking questions. Uh, people of different faith traditions. I would love to see that. That mm-hmm. sounds so It's good. worth a watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's entertaining because mm-hmm. it's him. 
Um, but then it just is, he asks really good questions I think a lot of people are asking at this point. And the answers he comes to, it just, through a gospel lens, it's it's worth a while. I love the mm. destinations, too. It's like, yeah. so he goes yeah. to Bulgaria. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, that's yeah. great. The most unhappy place. Yeah. Um, well, it sounds like he stays curious, which makes me think of Ted Lasso. Yeah. Mm. You guys watch Ted Lasso? See, well, I'm still in the middle of season still in the three. Middle. Yeah. Haven't, haven't watched. Haven't embarked on season two. Okay. Sorry. You, Liz? Sorry. Okay. Nah. No, that's okay. Well, I know there's Ted Lasso fans out oh, there. Out and there. it just finished. <laughs> and I, this is my take. I think it is one of the best shows that's ever been made. Mm. We need a <laughs> <laughs> one of those uh, for the hot takes. It just like the way they wrap wrapped up, and this is also a little bit of my personality. Uh, they they some people were like, "Well, I don't like some of the subplots that are happening on season three, um, or they weren't as like it wasn't as good or whatever." But then, like hmm. the last couple episodes, I feel like the writing was really like the best it's been and they tied back a lot to the first two seasons really in interesting ways and um and it just yeah the the idea of like this character that has come into this place he's out of his element um it's a different culture it's a different vibe and it's so easy to look at him and be like what are you going to offer me but then he has this perspective of like stay curious um, not judgmental and like, you know, uh, for, forget when you mess up. He's like one of his things is um, be a goldfish, have a short memory. You know, you messed up. It's OK. We move on. Like he just has all these little uh, Ted Lasso sayings and stuff that he mm-hmm. does throughout the seasons. And um, it just really like the way people actually change and the arcs that every character has, even like little sub characters. I just think it's really it's really cool. It's fascinating. And it it. You know, from a Christian lens, there's definitely elements of like, uh, you just don't have, you don't have the Jesus perspective, but you do have a really caring view of the world that in your world, people matter. And I think that's a a view that is likable. It is a show, in my opinion, that is, it has a completely different ethos than the culture has. And so the first season, Mm. like we talked about with Pennington a few episodes ago, it's like that, that served something in a cultural moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think it still serves something in a, in cultural, a cultural moment. moment. Yeah. It might not be as, um, it's still needed, I mm-hmm. think, as a show. Mm-hmm. The perspective it provides. So, yeah, yeah I'm yeah. really, I'm with you, Chelsea. It's a great show. I love that show. I'm really looking forward, I'll just mention three quick films. One I'm yeah. going to see with you oh, yeah, yeah. in two days. Uh, the first is Asteroid City. It's the new Wes Anderson film. It looks really great. Um, I'm always excited for him. He's in my top three favorite directors, yeah. at least current directors. I feel like um, you either love Wes Anderson. Right. Or you're like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. I love him. Yeah, I do too. Dune Part Dune, 2 part is coming two. out. Okay. Dun, dun. They Little released that teaser. Timothy Chalamet, for those who don't know. He's a... <laughs> Really Up odd choice for like a action hit hero because he's sort of a small, very lithe, delicate human being who plays this prince who's like fighting on another world. But sounds like David. Yeah, I mean he's <laughs> a little, a little he could bit. yeah he might be able to play a young David. Um, but anyways, uh, David had a ruddy complexion. Is that true? Doesn't ruddy? Does that mean like red haired? I've always pictured it that way. Oh man! Look up Ruddy. Good question. <laughs> That's the only the only place I've ever heard somebody described as Ruddy is in the Bible. Do you know what I mean? 
Have you ever heard anyone else use that language anywhere? What translation were you reading? Yeah, what are you? KJV. That's the KJV. Well, that explains a lot. I'm a. You guys didn't know I'm KJV. KJV only. No, it is oh my a gosh. red color. That is the only, that's wow. God's true word. Wow. Red color. <laughs> wow. You heard it first here. <laughs> I'll just be the book. Also, right. just for those who don't understand sarcasm, that's not true. So I don't believe that. Okay. Third and final is a mo- movie called Bo is Afraid. I've only seen the trailer one time. It looked really great. Sounds really um, indie. And it that sounds is like you. Joaquin Phoenix. And it's the guy who did Midsummer and another film. So it's like a, I think he's a Swedish filmmaker. I'm not sure. I could be wrong about all that, guys. I'm sorry. But it looks really interesting. So mm. um, Joaquin Phoenix, he's done such a good job lately in the films he's done. So guy. yeah, uh, looking forward to those. Um, is anybody watching Silo on Apple TV? It's on my list. I like it. Okay. I like it. It's okay. not over yet. I think it's over this week or next week, maybe two up. Ep- Two episodes left. Um, yeah, I'm liking the Apple sci-fi genre. If you liked Severance, yes, then I think you'll like Silo. Okay, so it's based on a book. I don't know. I didn't read the book, but so far, so good. I need okay. to check in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, Creed three. Anybody? Yes. Oh yeah, dude. Yes. That was great. Is that's one of the best movies of the year? I think that is that movie. Creed really like rebooted the whole Rocky yeah. thing in a great way because made it better. Those three films are wonderful. Creed yeah. was true. I was prepared to go into Creed three knowing that it was not gonna be super great because it's a third time. Right. And, you know, it's like yeah. okay. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? I'm here for it because I like boxing mm-hmm. and I like Michael B. Jordan and all the things. Mm-hmm. And I think the third one was my favorite film. Awesome. It like the I story the of, you know, friendship and uh yeah forgiveness mm-hmm. even the um even the likes i really appreciated like the subtle um the the foil of one another between uh michael b jordan's wife in the film and his friend cuz they both have this like you know they they've were trying to grasp at something and like had this opportunity and it was lost her because of her mm-hmm. hearing and him because of the uh, imprisonment. And it's like seeing their different re- mm-hmm. responses to that mm-hmm. and like how she was able to take that and rather than um, it becoming a thing that broke her, like it yeah. created a new opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he eventually gets, gets there throughout mm-hmm. the film. Mm-hmm. But it was just the development of the characters and yeah. the story. It was just, I was fascinated. And I was also not surprised that Ryan Coogler was involved behind the scenes. He is just one, he's becoming one of my favorite just writers and mm-hmm. um, directors in film. I think he just has a, a, a eye and a mind to tell stories in a mm-hmm. way that are just particularly um, stories with leading African American figures that are just, mm. it feels genuine. Like it feels, yeah. um, doesn't feel forced. Mm-mm. And yeah, I don't know. It was great. Yeah. I think it was cool to see Michael B. Jordan and Ryan Coogler kind of yeah. take the front on this one and for it to just be, like you said, a really good film. But the ending to me, <sighs> the very end, um, could have gone a different way. I think in every other movie, it would have gone a different way. Uh, but you see this this extent this extension of forgiveness um, that to me communicates something really big when it could have just he could have annihilated him and he didn't. Oh, yeah. I mean, you two big burly dude just like going at it in the ring, shifting to this moment of like vulnerability yep. and oh, it like yeah, 
just good. It was yeah. good. I, I yeah. Those those are really wonderful films. I mean that they're like really great movies. And I'm with you. I love boxing so much, and they do a good job with that too. You know, and that's hard to get right. It is. Yeah. yeah. Well, is anybody is anybody reading anything right now? I mean, besides Elizabeth's <clears throat> books, what are books <laughs> that people are into right now? Last night I was reading Llama Llama with my kids. That's a great. Um, I'm just kidding. A uh, classic. But it is it is a good one. Um. Uh, I I mean I have I have a I have a problem of starting multiple books at the same time, so I'm not very far in either one of these. But I'm currently reading <clears throat> um, Epic of Eden by Sandra Richter, which is she's a Deuteronomy scholar professor, Interesting. and um, it I think the I think where it's going is we're basically looking at like um, one of those like story of scripture arcs, you know, just how how the Bible is this whole um epic thing um and then it's academic but it's approachable too um and then the patient ferment of the early church which is by alan kleber he's an anabaptist mennonite and uh that one has you're been going really, outside the stream a little I know, bit i like I it i am and i and i've been enjoying it i think i'm kind of like interested in this old testament early church stuff right yeah. now i'm just feeling like it's just nothing there's just a lot there i don't know and there's there's not yeah there's I try to get resources. I do the same thing. I try to get in a lane and get like channel. it's good. Yeah. So those are the two I'm currently reading. <laughs> oh, you're stealing my thumb. I'm gonna let you take it. No, no, no oh. I'm letting you because I got other ones. Um, <laughs> the one I'm gonna take, uh, the one that I've really been reading right now is a book called Try Softer, oh, um, yeah. by uh, Andy uh, Kelber, Kleber. I forget how to say her last name. It is Kolber. Kolber. I think it's Kolber. I'm gonna Kolber. look it up. It's cool. wonderful. She um, she is a um, counselor, mm-hmm. and it is really it's really interesting because she's not only Colbert. writing as a counselor. Part of I think what uh, provoked even where she um, is delving in the book is just even some of her own just traumas and difficulties that she's had to work through mm-hmm. um, herself. So she's kind of like writing from within, but with that expertise, which I feel like it gives a just a very uh, interesting voice mm. in the way she articulates and, it, and explains certain things. And man, I've just found uh, if you if you're somebody who maybe you're you're in counseling, if you know if people ever told you like, hey, like, I think you need to like take it easy or, you know, do whatever, whatever. This would be mm. a great book. I mean, where the title comes from, this doesn't you know, it's not a big spoiler from what she's writing, but where she derives her title, she sits down with, I think, like her supervisor and she's having this like rough time and working through all these things. And he's basically um, tells her that, uh, have you ever tried to try a softer? And immediately she's like, we need to try soft. Like, I got to like, you know, get work done. You mm-hmm. got to do this. She's like, what does that even mean? And he's like, no, no, no. I'm not telling you um, that you shouldn't care. Mm-hmm. What I'm saying is like maybe you need to learn how to care differently and basically just starts to delve into these various ways that even especially if you're in helping professions mm-hmm. that you can um, carry things in with the the mentality of uh, helping in a way that is super detrimental, not only to yourself, but to the people you're trying to help. And there's just there's wisdom in navigating how to how to do that in a way that is beneficial for them, that gets good boundaries for you. And you're all um, everybody's able to flourish better. I don't know. It's just been super uh, impactful for me. That's great. Highly recommend. That's on my shelf. 
I haven't started. Try softer. Try softer. Okay. Bullies and Saints by mm. John Dixon. Yeah. Mm. Um, and it talks about the good and evil of Christian history. And first, he's just a really engaging writer, uh, which is always enjoyable. But just how do we navigate or process some of the really horrible things that are a part of our church history, but also some of the really good things? And so he just steps through. And I'm still, you know, in the time of Augustine mm. uh, in the book. But just to the way he humanizes people, kind of pulls apart the dynamics that are happening during a particular period of time, mm. or highlights people that we love that maybe weren't so lovable. Um, it's like, you, we've told a story about this person, and the, the story might not actually be true. But it's just, I love church history. I think it gives me a really long v- view of life and what really matters and how uh, people have wrestled with some of the same things we're wrestling with today, but it's worth a read because I think he talks about Christianity having an image problem, and mm. we obviously do. Mm. Um, but the ways in which we have detached, and you'll see it. I mean, we see it throughout church history. We mm. detach uh, caring for humanity from holding to true doctrine. Um, and so I think sometimes we forget that we are susceptible to the same things that people have done in the past. That's probably this, what what is standing out to me the most is mm-hmm. I read through this and I look to today's culture and the ways and people are like, mm-hmm. I'm not capable of doing anything bad. You're like, yes, you are. Mm. Because we have done, I had a church history professor who was like, when you talk about the church, don't talk about them, talk about us. Mm. Because we are all capable of doing things. And so it's very sobering. Um, but also encouraging and sometimes a little funny. So it's been a good That read. sounds really good. So mm-hmm. he marches throughout, mm-hmm. like from, what does he start? Uh, I think he starts at the time of Jesus. Okay. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah, I really appreciate great. that. Yeah, that's on my shelf. Mm-hmm. I've been wanting to get to that. It's worth a read. It's an easy read. Sometimes, like I nice. finished Dominion by Tom Holland. It's yeah. a great book, but Similar. it's thick. Yeah. It is. It's this a one's one. not that way. Yeah. It's okay. an easier mm-hmm. read. Okay. Um, okay, two, one fun read because it's summertime. Sometimes we'll try to find like book lists. I'm sure everybody does it and like go back and find. So I did like, you know, top 50 whatevers. And mm-hmm. what came up on that list was a book called Hyperion by uh, a guy named Dan Simmons. And it's fascinating. It's a sci fi book, I think written either very late 80s or early mm-hmm. 90s. Um, but that doesn't matter because it's, uh, it, yeah, sci-fi. it just doesn't matter. But um, it's very strange. That's all I can say. And it's basically about this world called Hyperion. There's a galaxy and there's many, many kind of systems within it that are all able to kind of travel. So it's a, a galactic um, civilization, you might say, uh, alternative kind of history of Earth. And on this one world, there's this cult of people who worship this thing called the Shrike, which is this really mysterious sort of devil-like figure. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's just this fascinating book, and it talks about several pilgrims who are going to this planet. And so it's basically one story told through several several short stories. Mm-hmm. It's Ooh, very like fascinating like so far. Mm. Um, I have finished the first. There's four books in the series, but I finished the first one, and it was really great. So um, a quick read. There's probably some content warnings in there. I don't remember everything because I don't remember anything anymore, but there's content warnings in there, so just know that if you're uh, if you need to, you know, watch those things. And then secondly is the book that 
Ty and I behind the scenes here, we're just debating who's going to talk about it first. But there's a series of books by a guy named Andrew Root. Mm. I think we've talked about him on the show before, um, mm-hmm. but he basically is taking A Secular Age, which was a book that's now been written, I don't know, 12 or more years ago, 2007 or something, I don't know, a long time ago, and kind of running some modern or a present day um, problems through through the the... Uh, lessons we've learned um, from the fact that we live in a secular age. Mm. So he talks about the difficulty of forming your faith in a secular age. He talks about what congregational life in a secular age looks like. And he goes through and he has like maybe three or four others. I think it's Mm -hmm. five in total. I might be wrong. Um, But it it is some of the best work I've read in a long time on the church in general, in society, the church in society. Yeah. What about you? Would you say, would you add anything to that, Ty? I've only like delved into one book. I don't sure. know how, how all of them are, but I've found that it's very approachable and it mm-hmm. doesn't feel what's, what's the, like his, his argumentation doesn't feel thin. Like it doesn't feel like he tries to go too um, get to the, get to the like answer too quick to where right. it feels like you, you know, you kind of haven't done it justice, but he does lay out a good um, perspective of, Hey, like this is generally, where we are and how we see these different spaces. And I, I don't know, I see it as one of those books that gives me kind of the the hanger to like put categories to like hang things on. Mm-hmm. Um, he he gives some some great categories and uh, ways to, to think through things. Um, His ability to take a wide swath yeah. of knowledge yeah. and kind of draw a synthesized picture from it is really yeah, I that's think is brilliant. Yeah, that's the beauty of it. And if you're looking for a quick cuz we haven't given you much information but if you're looking for a quick breakdown I think you can just google him on YouTube and there is a there's a two maybe 10 minute videos that were animated uh and and it has a uh, I guess like a short summary of the and books in them it. and it's really great helpful so start. yeah it's a helpful start if if you want to be introduced to his work I think he's a very important writer mm. right now for the church Well so. this sounds like a bunch of great guest ideas Yeah I'd love to have him on mm. Speaking of guests we've had a lot of them this season mm-hmm. <laughs> uh and we have spent the entire season talking about this idea of wisdom and so Last topic for our conversation, kind of what were some of y'all's favorites or most memorable or enjoyable conversations that you had this season with some of the guests we brought on? I am, maybe just to kick us off, I just asked a bunch of people who I know listen regularly. So this is not like a, these got the most views. This is just, these are the episodes that people were like, oh, that one was great. That one was great. Oh, I really enjoyed this conversation. Um, The top five were... Uh, the Sam Albury episode mm. about Wisdom and Sex, part one. Oh, yeah. Um, Wisdom and Sex, part two with Timothy Atik also was in the top five. Wisdom and Vulnerability with Adam Young was one of the faves. Um, Family of God that just came out with Rachel Gilson was a fave. And the Pennington episode on relationships was also brought up a lot. So it was interesting. All of those kind of, there's like a, there's a tie-in, I feel like, mm-hmm. between all of them. Um, I actually, if I would pick my favorite Family of God was up there for me. I've wanted to have a conversation with Rachel Gilson for a while. Um, I think her book's really incredible. And yeah, I just think we don't talk about the dynamic of Family of God, not just like how do brothers and sisters interact, because I feel like we kind of, we talk a lot about that. Um, But even like, what does it mean to be a part of a family and what a different people, what roles do different people play and how does that all that interact? And what does that mean when you're 
adopted. And I just think that's a really interesting conversation. I'd actually love to keep talking about that with, with other people, but um, yeah. So that was a favorite episode for me. Mm. I loved the Adam Young episode. It was robots. Was that one last season? No, that was this that season. Was this I season. also that was really, really loved that. Oh, sorry, dude. Okay. That's okay. No, cut that. Good. I'll stick with Adam Young. You take no, that go one. For it. Um, you can both like it. Yeah. I liked, I liked, uh, I think Adam Young, um, I was familiar with his work, but yeah. I haven't, un- unlike some of us on the podcast, I hadn't spent a ton of time with it. And yeah. so, um, talking to him was like an introduction to something that I know has been really meaningful for a lot of people. And Mm -hmm. the way I heard somebody describe it, it was like all of his greatest hits from his podcast in our pod in that one episode. And it was just very profound. And I think because who he described being, being the type of person who takes suffering and is able to transform their suffering so that it blesses other people in Mm -hmm. the Lord is so badly who I want to be um, Mm -hmm. and the kind of love I want to offer those I encounter. And so, yeah, I just think from an aspirational sense and from a sense of learning and the language he used deeply biblical um, Mm -hmm. was like really great. And then uh, the robots and chat GPT Mm -hmm. uh, was really great uh, because I think, I honestly think that's our next, that's the next cultural revolution or not cultural, I'm sorry, a technological revolution mm-hmm. that's coming right around the corner. Mm-hmm. And I think we as Christians need to be thinking deeply about how we're going to engage yes. with AI in particular. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. I, it was just great. He did such great. a wonderful John job. Dyer was super, John Dyer was great. wonderful. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, anyways, those are my two. I'll piggyback. That was one of my faves as well. Um, as somebody who's super pessimistic yeah. about that <laughs> yes. future revolution, uh, <laughs> talking mm-hmm. to him genuinely made me feel uh, less approaching it with less fear and like mm-hmm. seeing more opportunity. Right. For sure. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, something, something that he said that I remember like uh, stuck out to me was when we think about uh, devices um, there, even in the scriptures that we, we see uses of them. And like, even I think he termed the, the cross as the device. I don't know. He just had a interesting perspective mm-hmm. in a way that he, um, saw it and uh, it was it was really beautiful and compelling. Another one of my faves was the um, episode that we did with Hannah Nation uh, mm. about the church in China and the I, I I appreciated really any time that we get to do this, but especially in the episode where you get to step out of kind of like our um, I guess like home culture yeah. to be able to hear how the the church is mm. uh, flourishing and what it's doing and what it's emphasizing and the issues that it's having and how that rubs up against our own to where we could see like, ooh, like uh, there's something that we can learn from here mm-hmm. or like, ooh, there's a commonality even mm-hmm. of, you know, this is something that is a reality around the world. Um, and then also, uh, this is an area that maybe we're weak that yeah. that they're super strong in that we can learn from. Uh, and she was just so hearing her heart and her passion for what's happening there and those pastors and those churches, um, and bring, wanting to bring that to people around the world. I just thought it was super special. Um, still didn't forget about that uh, book that her and Elizabeth are going to co-write. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think about it so often. So just just bring that back. Hope y'all. Okay, and, thank you for bringing that back to you know the Woodson Institute. Come on, come on. We're trying to help people understand and grow in their Christian faith. Come on, see, that's see? it. Yeah, that's that. it. Yeah, uh, I would say that mine is a mixture of ones that have already been mentioned. So Hannah Nation, I I've been wanting to talk to Hannah for a really long time, and so I was happy 
to uh, to be able to have an extended perspective. And I think that was some of the stuff that the Asbury revival was happening around mm-hmm. that time. Yeah. Yeah. And so to have a different perspective, um, beautiful what was happening with Asbury, but have a different perspective of what revival looks like uh, through uh, the persecuted church in China. And then um, Rachel Gilson mm. with the family of God as a single. That's always a conversation I'm really passionate about because I think a lot of the struggles I see my other friends deal with in the church could be alleviated if we had a better theology of the family of God. Yeah. Mm. Come and on. so it was really fun to talk to her about that stuff. All right. Second that. We are taking a little break, uh, but we will, I'm going to say September. I'm going to say it now. Okay. Mm. Launch in September. And hey, if you have just been rocking with us, you've been listening for a while, or you just found us and this is the first episode, we want to thank you for joining in our conversations. Um, We loved having the conversations with the guests we do, but we love being able to share them with you guys. And I've actually met some of you guys face to face. And so if you see us, man, just say hi. But also, if you read the books, watch the movies, look at the TV shows that we have mentioned this episode, hit us up on social. We'd love to hear what you guys think about those things, too. Thank you for listening to Culture Matters. This episode is produced by Chelsea Conway with editing and support from The Good Podcast Company. If you're a regular follower of the podcast, we would love to hear from you. You can message us on social. Check the show notes for more information on how best to connect with us as well as connect with our guests and ways to support their work. See y'all next time.